Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. We are so excited to continue on our series titled If Plus Then. If Plus Then flows directly out of the promises of God in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, there are certain promises that God says, if you will put your faith in my advice. How many want God's advice? Can I see your hands? Say amen. It's nothing better than getting God's advice. It says, if you will put your faith in my advice, then I will channel my power to bring you blessing. It's so good to be blessed by the Lord. And God tells us how we can actually be blessed, but we have to take God's advice. Now, God's advice means that we do things God's way, even though it may not be in alignment with the world's way. The world has lots of formulas. The world has its own equations. But what God is saying is, put your faith in my advice. And if you put your faith in my advice, even though it may not make sense, but if you do it the way I'm telling you how to do it, then I will release my power and I will blow the doors open and you will experience the favor and the blessing of God. How many would say amen and praise God for that promise? And so today we are literally talking about how we experience blessing uh, uh, as children of God, how we get ahead. In the world, people focus on getting ahead. They take uh, Avenue A or Avenue B, and they say, this is the way you, this is what you have to do. This is the price you have to pay to experience, you know, success. Meanwhile, God says, I want to give you victory and blessing. Victory and blessing are different than fame and success. And how many know the blessings of the Lord are good and he adds no trouble to them, the Bible says. So this is very, very different. And today we're going to look specifically. Last week, God said, if you want to have a satisfied life, store up the word of God in your heart. This week, he's saying, if you want favor and blessing, then you need to take my counsel in a specific way. And the title of today's message is if plus then equals favor. Everyone say favor. Now, here's what I need to do. I need to read the same couple verses to you, excuse me, in three different translations. All of the words basically mean the same. But I think it's good for you and I to always understand that when you're reading the Bible, some translations are different because one of the attempts of the translator are to communicate according to the culture and the generation. Words mean different things during different times. 
okay? So what I want to do is lay out all the words so that we really get the gist of it based on uh, what, your, what translation you're reading. So uh, we've given out those memory cards, and I want you to encourage you, store up the Word of God, memorize the Word of God. It's in the New Living Translation, but I'm going to read in actually three. So let's look right here. It says, never let loyalty and kindness, everyone say loyalty and kindness. Here's two rare words. Here's rare words in our culture. Okay, never let law, you want to get ahead. You want to experience victory and blessing. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Okay, this is different type of counsel. This is different type of advice. Let's go to another translation. In the ESV, this is probably the most literal. It says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness. Everyone say steadfast love. Your translation might say steadfast love. The other one says uh, loyalty. They mean the same thing, slightly different emphasis. Steadfast love and faithfulness. Never let them forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. It says, so you will find favor and now good success in the sight of God and men. I want you to notice that real favor is not just in God's sight, it's in the sight of God and men. And that should be the life of the believer. We should have favor. We should have a good reputation, okay, in the sight of God and man. People should look at us, and because of how we choose to live, they can't help us sort of like us. Even if we disagree with them, there's a way to have favor with both God and man. And then this is the oldest. This is translation comes more from the 1600s. It says, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. This is saying that the way we get ahead is through favor, uh, the, is through loyalty and kindness. And then we get favor to get ahead instead of having to manipulate, instead of have to having to backstab. You know what's so good about what we're going to talk about today is you don't have to be a shark in the waters to get ahead. How many know God can bless you right ahead and bring you to the front? You don't have to be a conniver. You don't have to be, you know, it's not dog eat dog. God is saying you can be blessed and you can move ahead. You can have victory and abundance, but you got to do it my way, God's way. So let's go over this very quickly. Steadfast love is equal to loyalty. Faithfulness is equal to constant kindness. That's what that means. And look at how Charles Bridges uh, talks about this particular verse. He says, mercy and truth are the glorious perfections of God. 
always in combined exercise for his people's good. While we rest upon them for salvation, let us copy them in our profession. While we rest upon them for salvation, let us copy them in our profession. So watch how this is starting to unfold before we pray. What this is saying is steadfast love. Go back for a second. What this is saying is steadfast love or loyalty, faithfulness, constant kindness, mercy and truth, however you want to put it. These are reflections of the character of God. And they're always working together. They're always working together for our good. Every time God makes a move towards you and me, it's this combination of steadfast love and faithfulness, and he's working that for your good and, and, and my good. And now this verse is saying, listen, experience that and celebrate that, that God pours that out on your life. But now don't just celebrate it that you get it. Now copy it. And God says, if you will copy me, watch what I will do by my power to separate you and bless you and give you favor. So God is saying, be like me, and if you'll be like me, watch what I'm going to do for you. You see? Be a businessman, but be a businessman like me. Or, or a businesswoman, or a, be a politician, but be like me. An electrician, a lawyer, but be like me. Do it the way I would do it. Let your life be marked by the same things that I'm marked by. And watch, even though it doesn't line up with so many people around you, I'll still blow open the doors and bless you. How many would say amen? So just a little bit more. Here's the equation of the day. Here's what God is saying to you. Look, you got to trust that if you're here today, God wants to speak to you. All right, here's what it's saying, okay? If we put our faith in God's advice and practice loyalty and kindness, right? Wherever you find yourself in your life, whatever station, whatever situation, okay? Then God will channel his power to bring favor and blessing. If loyalty and kindness are the chief marks of your relationships, then God will channel his power to bring you favor and blessing. That's what the word of God says. And before we pray, I just want to define favor so that we could pray. What does favor mean? Here's what favor is. Favor is the approval and support of God and man. Okay? It's the approval and support of God and man which leads to opportunity and blessing. We can live our lives in such a way that not only does God approve of us and support, of, and support us, but that even people, they look at us and they say, you know what, he might be different, she might be different, but that's the real deal. She's a good egg. She works hard. She's honest. She's true. You know what? If somebody's going to help us move this company forward, that's the one to pick. Amen. You know? There's, God is able to, to make us not just pleasing to him, but pleasing to other people. And that's the way it ought to be. It ought to be that people could look at us and find us pleasing. 
It's, there was, in the Old Testament, it, it, there was a phrase that said, if I have found favor in your eyes, there's something about godliness. Even if, like, I have a friend, and I'll, I'll pray. I remember the, the guy who discipled me. He was a police officer. His name was Jimmy. And Jimmy was such a nice, straight-laced guy. And he worked in, the, in, in lockup in, um, in New York, Central Booking, met literally famous criminals, witnessed the famous criminals. And one of the pastimes of his people was to joke and tease him nonstop. They teased him. Jimmy was a virgin when he was like, he was mid-20s, he was a virgin, always teasing him. The women used to tease him. The lady cops used to come and hug him and say, Jimmy, and all this kind of, everybody would laugh. Jimmy was straight-laced, you know, always honor God. But let me tell you something. Whenever someone got in trouble, Guess who they were pulling aside and say, Jimmy, would you pray for me? Jimmy, would you help me? Jimmy, would you this? Jimmy, would you that? You know why? Because no matter what, they knew. This guy is somebody you can trust. These other jokers, you, how many know there's a lot of jokers you can't trust? But we should be the kind of people that can be trusted. You see? And God says, if you live your life that way, you will find not just approval from heaven, but approval on the earth. Some Christians are immature and think, as long as God likes me, it doesn't matter if anybody else likes me. Everybody say, not so. <laughs> so let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for everyone who's here, young and old, Lord, established or not. God, I pray that we would become the kind of people that experience favor. Real favor, real blessing, real victory, real abundance. Lord, so that the people of Chicago would know that there is a God that they can turn to. God, that they would look at our lives and it would cause them to look to you, O oh God, to your mighty throne. We thank you that you're not a God of just rules and regulations, oh God, but then you don't want to bless your people, oh God. We thank you you're a loving Father, you're a kind God, and when you think about us, you're constantly pouring steadfast love and faithfulness toward us. Lord, I pray that you would make us the same. I pray, God, that you would give us the grace to take your advice. Because if we take your advice, the blessings will fall. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise God for his goodness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it's the approval and support of God and man which lead to opportunity and blessing. So let's unpack this in the next few moments. What is this teaching us? First thing it's teaching us is that favor flows through relationships. Everyone say relationships. It's important for us to understand that our lives need to uh, um, revolve around relationships. God loves for us to be in good relationships with people. It's his way. That's the kind of God he is. Jesus didn't stay out there. Jesus came down here because he wanted to be with us. 
You understand? Relationships are crucial. And here's what it says. It says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Look, write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people. And you will earn a good reputation. Look, God wants us to have a good reputation. God wants us to, to, to be respected uh, by those that are around us. It's part of our bearing witness for his glory. And we need to understand how important it is to actually witness for the glory of God with our lives, not just with our mouth. See, you can talk about Jesus, but if people don't see you as loyal and kind, they're not going to be very impressed with our Jesus. You know, what, uh, you know what Gandhi said? I think it was Gandhi who said, um, they're Jesus I like. They're Christian, not so much. What was he saying? He was saying, I don't see in the Christian what I see in Jesus. Oh, that people would see Jesus in our lives. How many would say amen? Yes, Lord. And all of that flows from relationships. And what we have to understand is that if we want to walk in favor, we must be able to make friends, okay, and live in harmony, agreement, and support of people. Okay? You got to be able to make friends, guys. Okay? You've got to be able to live in harmony and agreement and in support of other people. This is God's will. This is God's way. Loyalty and kindness express themselves in this way. And so our relationships are vitally important, okay? If you're going to be nice, if you're going to be the kind of person that brings glory to God, people need to experience it. You see? So for us, look at this, look at this quick chart. We should have in our minds the priority of relationships all the time. Meaning that this is you, and you need to think about family, you need to think about friends, about believers, about employers. You want a favor? You want promotion? Okay? Let practice steadfast love. Practice faithfulness on your job. Say, I want to do this not just because I'm getting a paycheck, but because I want to make my boss look better. I want to move this company forward. People are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's me, 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 me. How many know God says, if you want favor, it's not all about me? It's a different kind of thinking. It's a different kind of living. It's a different kind of choosing. It's very, very different, okay? But the bottom line is, is that there's something powerful about you getting to work early. Uh-oh, that's not. How many times can there be a dog on the train track? Why are you late? There was a dog on the train track. You know, it's like, there's always something. See, that doesn't reflect loyalty. It doesn't reflect commitment. Christians, Christians live that way. We don't want the shortcut. 
We don't want to work the least amount of hours for the most amount of money and say, look, as long as I just do my little job. No, when you go to work, work. Give it your best. How many know we ought to give it our best? Because God is watching. I know this messes with a lot of folks. I really appreciate you clapping, you know. Your coworkers, your coworkers, neighbors, even strangers, God says that we're supposed to, to flow, flow in loyalty and kindness. All of our relationships are vitally, vitally important to us. You know, I'm laughing about the employer. I was in the mall with my wife, and we were kind of getting some clothes for a video I'm going to be in, and... Um, so we walked in a store that we know, just walking in, we know, we couldn't even buy a button in this store, <laughs> you know? But we loved the way, the, the way the clothing and the style, so we walked in, and my wife took a picture practically of every man outfit in the place. <laughs> and, uh, and I was telling her, you know, be low-key about it, because we'll copy, you know, that we go to copy. <laughs> so it's like, like that combination, let's copy that, you know? So it's funny because, you know, I saw one of the workers like walking by looking at my wife. She's going click, click, click. And, you know, my wife is, she just, there's no like down low about her. <laughs> so the woman comes over and say, hi, how can I help you? She goes, oh, I'm just getting some great ideas. For you. I'm like, Shh. <laughs> She's like, yeah. This is great stuff. We can't afford it, but it's awesome, man. You know, no, you know. So it's funny because because I had this message in my head. I had an interesting response because the girl looked like she was getting annoyed, like she was like mistrusting my wife. Like if we were gonna like you know open up a factory and copy all their stuff or something. I don't know what she was thinking, you know. But she was like like annoyed and. And if I wasn't in this mindset, I would have been, yo, chill out. You just work here, you know. Your boss is probably in Italy having, you know, fresh pasta right now or something like that. And, uh, but, but because I was studying this, I was like, no. Looking out for your boss? You go, girl. That's great. How many know we need to look out for our boss? Can I get an amen? Yeah. That's what you call a golf clap. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, you want favor? Go work hard for your boss. Amen. Work hard for your boss. You know, while everybody else is trying to get over, just go and work hard. Be steadfast. You know, and watch when promotion time comes. How many know not only will your boss like you, but God will like what you're doing and he will blow the doors open and you move forward. You move forward in the blessing of God because you're doing it because you know it pleases God. So it's very important for us to understand the power of, of relationships. Now, it's very important for me to point this out. Okay, you can be famous without favor and you can be successful without blessing. Okay, I'm talking about favor and blessing, not fame and success. 
See, a lot of people can attain fame and success, but it has nothing to do with what God is talking about. See, here's how you know. The difference between fame and success and favor and blessing is that there are people involved. When a person has the favor of God and the blessing of God on their life, they're surrounded by people. They've brought people along. They've blessed people. There are hundreds and hundreds of famous, successful people with billions of dollars, so to speak. And you know what? They die alone. That's not the favor of God. That's not the blessing of God. And you know, when we go through this series, I'm going to have to poke a little bit at the world. The world is always poking at the church, making fun of us. The funny thing is, anytime the church says, here's what I believe, they say bigot, they say this, they say that, but we say one thing about them and they have a fit, they go, hater. Well, so be it. So be it. But listen. You know, I read, I read um, uh, Steve Jobs. I read his uh, biography by uh, Isaacson. And um, it's a crazy thing. The first trillion dollar company ever. And yet he wouldn't acknowledge his daughter. He wouldn't acknowledge his own daughter. Right? It's like, no, she's not mine. You know? And she was his. So here's my question to you. What good is it having a billion dollars if you can't be kind to your own flesh and blood? You gotta think about these things. When you listen to what's coming on the news, remember, everything is propaganda. The world is the devil will give you his advice. The devil will say on that TV show or on that Netflix, do it like this. This is the best way. This is all that. That's nonsense. Amen. Come on, somebody said amen. <laughs> right? You've got to think about these things. Okay? Fame in the end is nothing. You know? Success in the world's eyes in the end can be so empty. Empty. But God came that we might have life to the full. It's the will of God that we would experience real victory, real abundance, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You know, a classic example of this comes out of the craze, the latest craze with the Hamilton uh, Broadway uh, production. You know, lots of people have read the story, read the book. And uh, there's a character that I knew the name but didn't know the story. One of the characters that in the Hamilton story is, his name is Aaron Burr. Here's the interesting thing about Aaron Burr. Okay, he graduated from Princeton at the age of 16. Um, he considered, he was considered one of the greatest legal minds in United States history. He was the founder of what became J.P. Morgan Chase. And he was the vice president, became the vice president of the United States. The only problem is, is no one liked him. He was so gifted. But listen, 
He left George Washington's battalion after accusing the future president as being a man of no talents who could not spell a sentence of common English. What a nice chap he was, right? He was dropped as vice president as after Thomas Jefferson grew to mistrust him. He didn't trust him, okay? He murdered Alexander Hamilton in a duel. He was tried and acquitted for treason and fled to Europe. And there's more. There's a long list of the guys, of the guy whose gifts got him someplace that his character couldn't keep him in. You see? Of course it's great to be gifted. But how many know your character is what keeps you there? Your character is what keeps you there. And God says that our character should be like his character. I want to encourage you. Don't be the Aaron Burr of your world. Don't say, well, you don't understand. You don't see how gifted I am and how this I am and how that I am. Does it really matter? Okay, if you do all of these things and you've got no one on the journey. Why do we have becoming groups? Because we are called to be people of relationship. You should know people, people should know you. You see, this is the heart of God. This is the way of God. And here's the crazy thing, right? The crazy thing is, if you do it God's way, in the long run, all the favor, all the blessing will be there. Some people try to paint God as some kind of cheapskate God. How many know he's not a cheapskate God? He's a kind, loving God who loves to bless his people. But you got to take his advice and do it his way. And if you're going to be blessed, if you're going to really find favor in this life, you got to look at your relationships. You know, are you, have you learned how to be friends with people? Some people don't know how to be friends. You know, practice. Everyone say practice. practice. Yes, practice being a friend to people. Practice being a blessing. And look, this message, I just want to go on record. Man, this is one of those messages that I feel like nonstop all week God was showing me shortcomings in my own character and I'm like Lord Jesus help me to be more like you you know and if you feel like I felt this week I want to encourage you say God forgive me for that God help me to do it differently that's how we're going to pray help me to do it differently you know I could have been nicer there I could have said this there I could have done this I could have done that anybody have the Holy Ghost tie, knock on your heart and say mm. I've had a whole week of mm. It's like, Lord, move the series on. Move it on, Lord. Oh, it's good. We never stop growing. And when you're growing, you're growing into his likeness. So help us, Lord, to become like you. Amen. So yes, favor flows through relationships very quickly. Favor, according to this passage, accumulates through heart flow. Favor accumulates through heart flow. Favor is built up if 
Watch. It says, never let them leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep. Everyone say deep. Write them deep within your heart. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. So favor is something that accumulates on the basis of what's flowing out of your heart and mind. And mine. Whatever is coming out of you consistently, that's how you get favor. And what it's saying is write this stuff deep in your heart. Okay? Get it down deep. And it doesn't matter about who did what to you. Do it God's way. And watch your future be different than your past. Hallelujah. When you just focus on your broken past, you're actually creating a broken future. You see? Do it God's way. God's way is different from your broken past. But God is a good God. How many would say amen? So there's something amazing. Look at in the, in the New Testament, it says it kind of this way. I got to go fast. It goes, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We need to clothe ourselves with loyalty and kindness. Amen. Amen. Today's message is a, is a promise from God for us to be blessed. Okay, but it means that we take God's route if we want to be blessed. And what we're saying is, God, write loyalty and kindness on our heart. And we want to walk out of here practicing that. So here's what it means very quickly. We're going to be closing. Okay, it's an accumulation. Could you put up the next slide? It's an accumulation. So here's what loyalty and steadfast love means. It means that you're steady with your love for people. Some people give their love, take back their love, depending on how they feel. Give, take back, give, take back, give, take back. Somebody makes you happy, you give a little love. Somebody doesn't make you happy, you shut them out. You see? How many are thankful that God is not like that? How many are thankful that God just gives and gives and gives? See? We're supposed to be constant. It's like, look, the perfect example of that is marriage. You get married, you, you, you love each other, but you're not going to agree on everything, you see? But a marriage is strong because people keep loving each other. Keep people bear with one another's uh, 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 faults and, and failures and... And, and they just keep on loving. That's what makes a good marriage. Not perfect people. There are no perfect people. You see? But you just keep growing together. Kindness and faithfulness means that you're steady and constant with your actions. Everyone read this with me. For the good of others. They did a, a survey. And they asked, what is the number one reason you go to church or you pick a church? And um, I, I have the, the stats wrong on this, so I'm just going to say in general. 
You know, they say, because I feel like it helps everyone, me. Thanks, I'm glad it was hard for you to get that one out. <laughs> because it helps me. Well, yeah, when you're a young, if you're a young Christian here, good, we're glad. But I don't know, if you've been sitting here for years, I know it's more than just about me. I'm gonna say, come on, let's clap like we mean it for that. Amen. So this is a quick story before we close, and again, forgive me for sharing so much of my life, but this happened yesterday. So my kids for my birthday got me a couple of golf lessons, and um, I don't know if it was kindness or desperation and pity, because my, my golf game is so horrendous that uh, it's a sad sight to see. And so they got me this lesson and I went yesterday, took, and I was kind of excited when I got home. And so um, my wife came home, she was out with Susie or something, came home with talking and I just went into my golf lesson with her and I'm talking to her about my golf lesson. And she's like, wow, you should practice in the yard because you, you don't have enough time to go, but at least practice in the yard. Can you get a neck? She's asking me all these questions. I'm like, yeah, but if I do that, I'm gonna tear up the yard. She says, forget about that, just go ahead. You know, and she's like, we have this long conversation and she's so into it. And then I walk away, right? And when I walk away, I just get like a light bulb, like the die. She doesn't care about golf. <laughs> but you know what? She was just being kind. How many are thankful for people who just, they're just being kind? Yeah, could you imagine Chrissy 15 minutes later looking at the PGA scores? Like she doesn't care about that, you know? But how many know that's what kind people do? Kind people, they just, they want what's good for you. They want to help you. They want to see you happy. And you know, something happens. We're about to close, but something happens. When the, the energies of your heart are to bless someone else's life, then the energy of God's throne are channeled to bless your life. Give and it shall be. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, the real blessing comes. You see, just by being kind. You know, now listen, I want to give you a, a final illustration. So, um, we listen to research all kinds of things and we came across this history podcast and there was a guy this is a history podcast that we came across a guy named Jack Reed Jack Reed was in his day a famous okay very successful journalist and he was so famous and so successful that he ended up he went to he he wrote a, um, got famous writing about the Mexican War and then he went to Russia became friends with with Lenin and got so close to Lenin that he actually was buried next to him it's a very well-known man in his time now he married a woman whose name was 
uh, Louise Bryant. She was an actress and also a journalist. And, um, but the problem was is that even though he married her, he was on location, he was traveling all the time, and here's what he said to her. He said, look, we're married, but I want an open relationship. You be with whoever you want, I'll be with whoever I want, okay? And um, so, so she accepted that, you know? Now, when you look at her life, she stuck with him, but she accepted that because who knows why she did. She shouldn't have, but she did, okay? So, um, so he's away, he's hanging out with Lennon, doing his thing, she's home. So a man comes along and she says, well, he said, so she has an affair with Eugene O'Neill, okay? Now, he was another super famous guy, super successful. During his day, he was called America's Shakespeare. Okay, so he fell in love with her, okay? But she was numb. And so she didn't really care about him. She was just passing time. And uh, at a certain point, he called and said, come to Russia and live with me. And she just dropped him, okay? So he was brokenhearted and shattered because of this relationship where there was no steadfast love, no loyalty, no faithfulness, okay? Now, he gets married and he has a daughter. The daughter's name was Una O'Neill. Una O'Neill was the woman who was the inspiration for Breakfast at Tiffany's, that famous movie. This girl was the, the darling uh, of her day. Everyone loved her. Everyone desired her. She ended up being the, the fourth wife of Charlie Chaplin. Okay? But when he, uh, when he, when she was born, because he was so kind of had grown so heartless and broken, he actually abandoned her immediately. So by the time she became a woman, she was numb herself, all right? And she didn't really care about people herself. She was a pretty numb woman, and, and uh, actually when Charlie Chaplin died, she literally said, what in the world have I done with my life? Even though she was famous, okay, and successful. Now, she had a relationship with the famous J.D. Salinger who wrote The Catcher in the Rye, okay? Now, he fell in love with her, but she didn't know how to love because her father, who was brokenhearted, abandoned her, but he should have never gotten into a relationship with a married woman anyway, okay? This is a true story. So now she gets into a relationship with, with him. He falls in love with her, but she's numb and she couldn't, she couldn't care less. And she basically dumps him. He goes off to the war and is writing the catcher in the rye. All right. And when he heard that she married Charlie Chaplin, he was heartbroken. Now, the catcher in the rye is a fictionalization of his frustration about successful people and he calls them phonies and he's saying something has to be done about these phony people and there's all of this resentment that he's channeling into this book and uh, even though I know the name is 
Holden Caulfield, thank you, they told him because I forgot last time too. Holden Caulfield, right? So the key character of Catcher in the Rye is Holden Caulfield, and Holden Caulfield is saying, something has to be done about these phonies. Something has to be done about these phonies. They need justice and all of the above. And he writes this. This was an expression of all of his frustration, the famous uh, Catcher in the Rye. And then along comes a man whose name was Mark David Chapman, who was not all there. He reads Catcher in the Rye, and he says, I am Holden uh, Caulfield. And so he is listening. This, this, this podcast is called From Lennon to Lennon. So he hears John Lennon, and he hears that he's at this thing, and John Lennon was saying, give peace a chance, and singing all this stuff. All we need is love. You know, he's the head of the Beatles. Meanwhile, John Lennon's son has gone on video saying he was such a hypocrite. He talked about love and peace, and he completely neglected my mother and I, and he was never close to me and all this, and he was like preaching all of these protest things, and he was a big fake. And so this guy says, I'm that guy, and he goes to the hotel where Lennon is doing this, John Lennon, is doing his thing and he kills him he assassinates him okay so here's here's what this is this is a string of people that were negatively impacted by the absence of loyalty and kindness you see because this man had no loyalty for this woman and this woman opens up her heart to this man and breaks his heart. She uses him because he's using her. You see? And then this man gets married to a woman and has a child but completely has no, no loyalty. This was America's Shakespeare. Okay? No loyalty for her. She grows up cold, heartless. Nothing inside of her. A heart of stone. This guy is a nice guy, wants to marry her. All of these things, she breaks his heart. I wonder what kind of book he would have written if this would have been different. One never knows, does one? You see? And he writes this, and he inspires him to do what he did. Okay? Now, why did we, why did we put this up? By the way, this was not a Christian. This was just history. These were not Christians who did this. They just made all of these connections. Okay, when we talk about work hard for your boss, when we talk about different types of relationships, a lot of people, because you were hurt by your dad or your mom, or because you were hurt by, you know, some key person, somebody that you loved and they broke your heart, because there's hurt and pain in the, in the past, some people develop these scars inside of them and they don't realize that these scars are literally shutting down your opportunity to experience favor and blessing. So when we talk about if plus then equals favor, for a lot of us, God has to touch us and heal us and set us free to actually be nice and warm and loving to people. Sometimes, look, look, I'm, I'm going to give you a little preacher secret, okay? So when you preach, you, you, you don't see everybody, you don't know, you, you can't. But once in a blue moon, the Holy Ghost will show you someone. 
you know? Once in a blue moon. You guys, please come back next week, okay? <laughs> so once in a blue moon, the Holy Spirit will show you someone and you literally could almost see the pain. You see the shutdown in them. You see it. And I'm telling you right now, okay? You don't have to hide your heart from God. And if you give your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, go ahead and heal me. Heal me so that I could be like you. So that I can walk in loyalty and kindness. So that I will be described as a person who, who lives with steadfast love towards people and faithfulness. And Lord, I trust that even though people have done me dirty in the past, you won't do me dirty, Lord. You're going to do me good in my future. How many know surely goodness and mercy? <laughs> Lift your hands up to God. Hallelujah. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you.
oh God. Set us free, oh God. Set us free to be like you, God. Set us free to be loyal, to exercise steadfast love. Father, would you write steadfast love on every heart? Come on, ask him. Say, God, write it on my heart, oh God. Let it be what comes out of me, Lord God. Let love come out of us, oh God. God, write kindness, write faithfulness on us, Lord God, that we will work for somebody else's good as soon as we leave this place, oh God. your favor father we desire your blessings help us Lord to take your advice and to put it into practice help us Lord reverse our normal actions and align them with your goodness and godliness As we go from this place, God, release us to be different. And God, we trust that as we choose to be different, as we choose to love, oh God, as we choose to be kind, oh God, we know that blessings and favor will follow. Do this, Lord, for every person for every family. And God, I just pray the last thing, Lord. I pray that when we get released into this city at work, I pray that people would know that you have a representative there. I pray that we would be like the Red Cross right in the office. And that people would come to us, Lord God, and that we would be your hands extended, your hands of healing. Heal the city of Chicago through the church of Jesus Christ, we pray. This is what we believe you to do in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, let's give God a hand clap offering.